but always knowing this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Always knowing that like, I heard those God whispers forever. Like since I was a kid, you're supposed to be doing something more than what you're supposed to be doing and just feeling really unfulfilled. Um, but I kept chugging along, you know, like we like normally do (laughs) chugging along. And, um, and one day I just felt really, um, broken inside, like just very done, very stuck, very, um, I just knew I was, I felt like I was dying inside literally, because I, I feel like that's, that's what it feels like when you're not in pursuit of your purpose and what God has you here to do. Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy show. My name is Riley and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. So my name is Monique Gaffney. I am um, a mom of three girls. So I'm a girl mom. I've married. We've been um, married for 11 years now together, 12 and a half years almost. Um, And like I said, I was a teen mom at first. I was a single mom for a really long time. So this was, this is actually my first and only marriage. Um, Even though I had my first daughter really young, I born and raised in Southern California. And now I, um, I transitioned, like I said, from a corporate career, which I could have stayed in forever and made great money and felt really unfulfilled and really allowed God to guide me to first heal me, which is a big part of what we do, um, allowed him to work in my life as my healer um, and heal all of the traumas, all of the past all of the parts of me that didn't believe that any of this was possible and, um, and then move forward and taking steps into my purpose. And so now that's exactly what I do for other women. So I know wholeheartedly hands down, um, with no, no, even questions that my purpose here on earth, God called and created me and put me here to help other women heal their lives so that they can step into their purpose, whatever that is for them. Woo. Fire, fire, fire. I'm so excited. Um, I just want to be near you. I want to just rub all that in and take it and, and give it out. And I cannot wait for every single person to hear all the things you have to share. I am just overwhelmed. Honestly, I'm so, it's kind of shock, a little bit of a shock, like, cause we've been friends on social media for a little bit and it's, um, I'm always just, um, inspired feels like such a small word in comparison, just really ignited, which is what you talk about when I read your stuff. I mean, everything is filled with so much passion and so much confidence and it's really contagious. And so I'm thrilled that you're here. Thank you for spending your time this way with us. I am grateful and honored and humbled and truly this is such a divine, um, I'm not exaggerating when I say that God literally asked you to message me the day that you were like, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? Um, you know, I don't, we didn't even chat about what it, what, no. how it came to you or what, but in the moment I was having a conversation with one of my best friends, I was on the phone with her and I said, you know, I know that this is the time I need to get out. I need to share this more. I need to get back onto speaking about this, getting on podcasts, 
getting out there again, like I used to, and I'm not exaggerating in the moment I said that I was like, stop your message came through. And I took a screenshot (laughs) and I sent it to her. I'm like, look what just happened. You can't make this up. Like I look like this God is constantly here working with us to fulfill everything that he has laid out as long as we're willing participants. And so I just want to say thank you for you being obedient and whatever you heard in that moment, because this is (laughs) truly a divine connection. (laughs) Well, the funny part about that is, is, you know, how fears and things rise up and it feels like maybe she's too great for me, or maybe she's too big or whatever, all the things. Okay. Well, when I asked you it literally, it was super impulsive. And so I read your post. I was like, Oh my God, I need more of that. I love it. And I immediately just wrote you a quick, Hey, we need to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. That was so easy. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I teach is like that and taking that inspired action. Like, you know, when you feel it, there's something in your body. And to me, that's God, that's God moving us. That's the Holy spirit nudges. Like that's taking that inspired action just leads to him leading us in the next step and the next right step and the next right step. Girl, Good. Yes. 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 That's it. That's what I love to talk about. So, well, I could jump right into all of your truths. I want to hear more about who you are as a woman and a a person and how you got to know God and how he became so intricate in your story. So tell us a little bit about that. Ah, So, um, well, this is good. I haven't talked about this in a long time. Um, I didn't grow up in a family of faith at all. I actually didn't grow up, um, in a, in any sort of religion, like at all. My family was very just whatever it is, what it is. And in fact, I remember when I was younger asking, um, like my aunt who I really loved and admired, um, if she believed in God and she said, no, I don't. And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. You know, I didn't, I don't know why I was just a kid asking these questions. And then it wasn't until later in, um, I don't know, I think it was a teenager actually going into school. Um, I started feeling, I had friends who are Christian who went to church and invited me to church and I would go. And I remember distinctly feeling like I knew I was where I was supposed to be in that presence in God's presence. And And in that time I was, I was a struggling teenager and I grew up, I grew up in extreme poverty. I have generational patterns of, um, childhood trauma, sexual trauma. I have generational patterns of teen mom. My my grandma was a teen mom. My mom was a teen mom. I became a teen mom. So there are a lot of generational trauma and wound patterns that I was already in weaved in right as a teenager and as a young kid. And, um, and in that time of me feeling called and feeling like Jesus is calling me, like he has a hand, like we're holding hands together, but still I didn't have the guidance. I didn't have anyone to accept my, my girlfriends who are going to church. And again, I was like around 13, 14 at the time, right. I wasn't grown or knowing or anything like that. So I just had small influences in my life and, um, no adults, no parents, no encouragement from anybody else. And so I was in this, um, 
space of like feeling very bad because I was, I was having sex when I was young. I was 14. The first time I ever had sex and I got pregnant when I was 15 and a half and I had a baby when I was 16. And so I had already given my life to the Lord. I had already said like, I'm in this, but then at the same time doing the things that I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing that weren't honoring me, that weren't honoring God, that were the human flesh wounded parts of me that couldn't let go of all of that. I, I, I couldn't, I was stuck in that. And I was stuck in that for so long. And I remember it was this constant battle, even going into my twenties, I was, you know, dating a lot. I was still having sex. I was still like drinking. I was still doing all of the things to, um, fill those voids instead. But simultaneously going to church, I was leading, um, single moms ministries. I was like, I I had one foot in and one foot out, right? Like one foot in one foot out like knowing that's where I wanted to be, but it was so hard to let go of who I was because I didn't know how I didn't know how to, and we don't because we're not taught that, right? Like we're not taught. And that I think was like the missing piece for me is like, I was constantly in prayer. I had people praying over me. I had at that point leadership in church and mentors, and I was in a discipleship program, but I still couldn't let go of those old parts of my past that had a grip, like full on grip on me. And, um, and it was this battle where I would cry. Like, I mean, literally apologizing to God. I'm sorry. I would feel so bad after like, I slept with another guy for like the kajillionth time and it was so unfulfilling. And, you know, I was bawling my eyes out, like, God, why do I keep doing this? Like, I'm so sorry. Help me, help me, help me. And nothing was changing because there were things and parts of me from my past that I couldn't release and let go of to fully leap into that relationship with God on the deepest of levels. Yeah. So this may be a personal question, but uh, just kind of curious today, people talk about purity culture a lot. And I was just wondering, did you feel like you had teaching in the church that told you that that was wrong? Or did you just feel that innately like separation from God? I I think it was both. So I, what I definitely was taught that in the church, right? Like I remember hearing about it and, and, um, reading about it and not necessarily that I took a class on purity or anything like that, but, um, hearing it right. And that, that that's a sin sex before marriage is a sin and Mm -hmm. in the whole nine. Um, but also I had that best, that best friend who introduced me, like took me to church and was like, here we go. Like she was literally trying to save my life. She saw me going down this path and she was really trying to like connect me with Jesus to get me on the right path. But she, she quit my, she quit me as a friend when I told her I had sex for the first time when I was 14. And she said, I can't be friends with you because you're, you're sinning against God. So it was this very hard culture of like, you did the wrong thing. But as I grew older, it was in, it wasn't necessarily in my teen years that I felt that separation. It was in my twenties when I had already started developing more of a relationship, when I was in the word, when I was connected with him on a deeper level, but still couldn't let go. Like there was the adult knowing of like this, I'm doing things that are trying to fill a void that isn't right. That's not filling the void. So as a teenager, it didn't feel like that. It just felt like I knew I was still chasing things that were 
and not on a conscious level, but I was chasing, you know, I was looking for, looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, because that's all I knew to do. And really that's what I was taught because that's what my mom did before me and my Mm -hmm. grandma did before me. So, um, ultimately what happened is I became a chain breaker in my family. And I did that only through literally through God giving me what he's given me, which is core wound healing. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> lot, and this is just the snippet of the story. <laughs> I know. I'm sure there are lots of details yeah. in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, are there any you can share? Like, so you're in your twenties and you feel like you're starting to really develop a relationship with Jesus. And what did that look like? How did you experience core wound healing or know that he had been there to provide you and invite you into more for life? Yeah, it was in my twenties, in my late twenties. Um, I was at like the height of my career in the real estate industry. So I worked, um, I was making excellent money. I had a company car, like I had all of the worldly things that you could like absolutely desire. And, um, I mean, literally drove a Mercedes that was paid for. I had two cell phones that were paid for. I was going to every club in Los Angeles that was opening. I was traveling all over and this was all paid for. Right. So I had all of the things and still feeling like super unfulfilled. And yet at the same time, I was desiring a life partner, like, you know, I, it was still a single mom at the time. I still was just dating. I had kind of slowed down in the sense of like, you know, the sex that took me, carried me all along. Like that was the thing that I really clung to was like using that as, you know, some people, everybody uses something. So some people use food as medicine, some people use, um, drugs, some people use alcohol, some people use TV, some people use sleep, like whatever their thing is to self-medicate for me, it was sex using my body was my way of self-medicating. And, um, and so that had slowed down a lot, the, the closer and closer I got to Jesus, the more that I stayed connected to that and allowed that to take over that slowed down in my late twenties. And then I could hear myself more saying, you don't want to be single forever. Like that was the thing that I was telling myself, like, I don't need a man. I can be a single mom forever. I've got this. Look at how much money I'm making. Like I live across the street from the beach. Like I don't need anybody. I've got this. And so that was still my humanness, like with the barriers up and the walls up saying, you know, I can just be alone forever. When ultimately my truest desire wasn't to live like that. It wasn't to be alone forever. I really want, I desired to have a life partner that also would honor, um, honor a relationship with God for himself and for our marriage and for me individually. Right. Like I had all of these visions and so I actually started, it was again, it's just so interesting how God uses people in certain ways to go down, reconnect with him back on the path, right? Like get back with me on the path. And I, I tell my clients this a lot. There's no wrong way. There's just the long way. God's trying to give us the shortcut to get to where, but sometimes we take the scenic route. You've been here. I saw when you came to California, you can go up to San Francisco and take PCH all the way down from San Diego, all the way up to San Francisco, or you can go straight through the middle of <laughs> California and go through cow country where it smells really bad. And it's not really visually pleasing. <laughs> That's the <laughs> shortcut. God is always trying to take us on the shortcut route, but we ourselves as humans take the long scenic route. So yes. neither is wrong. We're all going to get to the end destination. <laughs> but... That's grace, right? That's grace. <laughs> but, um, it was, 
I, he brought someone else that I was working with at the time. And, um, she was a, a Christian woman and she, and she's like, listen, you have to come to my church. There's a woman who teaches, um, becoming of Proverbs 31 woman there. She teaches in a special way. She's old. She's like 80. And it, she only does it when she feels the Lord, like telling her to do it. Like it's a divinely inspired thing. Like she, it's not planned out. It's like maybe every two years she does it. Whenever God tells her to do it is when she teaches it. And you have to get in because it's packed. Like you can't even get in the room because they just do it in the small room. And whoever comes, if you get a seat, you got a seat. So I committed to it. I was like, I'm in, it's only four weeks. It's four classes. I'm like, I'm in. And at that time I had started praying. I'd never done this before. It was literally again, like that inspired, like God was telling me what to do. And I was just listening and doing it. And so I started praying for my husband, but not in the way of like, you know, everyone's like, pray for your husband. Like, Oh God, bring me my husband. I'm ready. Like, not like that. I was physically praying for a man that I had never met before. I was physically asking God to move in his life every day. I would go walk my dog before work every morning. And I would literally pray for a man that I had no idea who he was, where he was at, what he was doing, what he looked like, what he was about. I was praying that God would open doors of opportunity for him, that he would bless his friends, that he would start working in his heart to bring uh, in my daughter's heart because she was a teenager at the, at that time. So, you know, to bring, when they come together, that they'll build a relationship together. I mean, I was literally praying for the future of me and this man that I didn't even know existed. I didn't even know if it was going to happen or not. Right. So like, you're setting these like really intentional yeah. chosen things that were important to you. That's yeah. brilliant. It was crazy. Cause I'd never done that before. Like I had never gotten intentional with co-creating with God to manifest what I desire. Like I truly desired in my heart mm-hmm. in my life. And so, um, th- I went, I, in the middle of that, went to that Proverbs 31 woman class and started, taking notes on everything that she was saying, and she was bringing it in a different way. I mean, we've all, most people have read that scripture and you've heard it probably in different ways, but she brought it in a way that was like, wasn't just about who you should be as a woman or who you should be as a wife or who you should be like, it was bringing all of it together. And I could see the bigger picture of, oh, it's not just me about, you know, showing up in this certain way, but it's showing up in this way for myself. It's showing up in this way for my husband and for my children, but also as a, as a woman who desires to do more and bring more in purpose, right? Like, which would eventually turn into a business. So it was all of the things combined and the way she said it and what she did, it just, it's like all of it came together in this perfect God formula (laughs) for you at that time. And that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was so crazy. And, um, eventually that's a whole other story, but met my husband online because I never had dated online either. This was really random things that God, how he brought this all together. I'd never done online dating. God asked somebody else to tell me about online dating. And I was like, I don't want to do that's crazy and creepy and weird. I don't want to do that. And, um, and so then I did. (laughs) And interestingly, I'd never gone on and not, didn't go on one date with anybody there. And I had the, like, craziest profile. I probably look like the creeper. Cause I had four pictures and, <laughs> and a one line bio that said, I'm here to make new friends and expand my circle. Cause I didn't want to attract any like creepy guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I had four simple pictures and, and I wasn't even looking for some, I was looking for someone 
locally, like, you know, I'm not moving anywhere else out of LA. And of course, you know, God, I don't know, God's just magic period. There's just no getting around what he's going to do. And, um, my husband who lived in another County that I wasn't even looking at in orange County, um, he started viewing my, my profile. And eventually I was the one that messaged him and he was my first and only ever online date. And then all of that unraveled together. So it was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was, it's so beautiful to go back and see the path, like to look backwards at, you know, coming from someone who I, like I said, I experienced sexual trauma as a child and then got pregnant really early. And I felt like I had such a, so much trauma and pattern and, you know, what other, you know, there's talk about church culture. A lot of times when we talk about, you know, the fact that we've had sex out of marriage or anything like that, that you have this like tarnished, um, reputation or tarnished, you know, your person is, or your whatever, like I don't, I don't even know if maybe that's a part of, I just felt for like, this was, I would probably never get married. And there were people who were thinking, oh, cause I was so good at being single. Right. I was so good at like mm-hmm. hiding behind my singleness and my success in, in corporate America that, um, that I didn't, I could never even see that happening, like bringing him. And, and then of course the crazy of course I say the crazy part, but you know, the God part is that my husband was also in the time that I was praying for him. He was praying for his wife. And so we were both praying and he's said this multiple times. And so he, he comes from a Christian family. He comes from knowing God. He comes from, you know, similarly, God brought two people who were broken in different ways together. And I truly believe that we are all a mirror for one another and that we are here to see the broken parts of us that need to be healed. And we help one another through that. If we, if we choose to do that, um, or, or not, and it's just been beautiful to see him support me as I can support him in moving forward in my purpose. And he supports me in multiple ways in doing that and believes in me and Mm -hmm. sees all of the things that, that I'm doing within my own company and my own business and simultaneously, um, raising our children, right. At, in, per, in purpose, in healing and changing our legacy and changing our whole family lineage from hurting to healing. And that's, that's really important for us too. So you are so brave. I mean, just so courageous and obviously ambitious. I mean, the fact that you came from where you did and then had such success, I can tell, I mean, just such hard work. I know that required. And then I love just the reflection or even the foretelling of, of how God was going to use your life with the way that you prayed for your husband. And, and that has just set this foundation of serving other women. And oh my goodness, it's all just, it's incredible. So you've had two more daughters. We have. Yes. Then, and <laughs> I love you said something about parenting and it's, I'm feeling that in my house this week, especially just this equal responsibility of serving the world, but also (laughs) raising up children. And it's so hard. It's so hard to provide discipleship and I don't know. Oh, it's a lot. It is is so challenging. And I think the beautiful, um, the, in the challenge, the beauty and the challenges is, um, the ownership, like for me, I've found such freedom in, um, like owning, you know, 
because I, I open up very clear lines of communication with my girls. And I didn't do that the first time around. So my oldest is 26. The first time around I had her when I was 16 and I was very broken and hurt myself. I didn't have a a good relationship. I didn't have a deep relationship. I don't say good, a deep relationship with the Lord. I didn't honor at all of me and the parts of me. And so I was, I raised her in the same generational patterns that I had been brought up in, which was like yelling and you know, disconnected and no communication and all of the things that I didn't desire to be, but I was just because that's what I was taught. And, um, and so I feel like almost with these two girls, you know, there's so vast differences. My younger ones are almost 10 and just turned eight. So they're, you know, right now eight and nine, and I kind of got a do over (laughs) from this healed space, from this place of purpose, I get almost a do over with these girls, which is so beautiful and loving and kind, but I also get to do over with my oldest at the same time simultaneously. I was about to say, I think that the influence of you learning yourself and, you know, finding the beauty of, of who God is reflected in you is never going to have less impact on your girls, even as adults. Yeah. Well, what's the coolest thing is, you know, core wound healing is a very specific modality. Like God divinely gave this to me when I was ready. And this was in 2017. And we'll talk about that in a bit, but beside me, my only, the only person in my family who's done this, who's used this modality. And I've, I've served hundreds and hundreds of women and men with this that have done this strangers, mostly strangers on the internet. Um, the only person that's done this in my family, despite me wanting to freely give it to them was my sister. I have a younger sister who's 10 years younger. And she did this earlier this year, which gave her this huge freedom, this release from whatever wound she healed, which I wasn't a part of someone else did the work with her. Um, and of course it's our desire to see those that we love hurting, to see them heal, to see them release the things that are holding them back, that, that aren't serving them, that aren't moving them forward in their purpose. And of course, my own daughter, who we've endured much trauma together. We've endured much hardship together. We've endured a lot of struggle together. Um, And I desire to see her free of those things because I, she is mine and she is my responsibility while I'm here and that God gave her to me to help mold up. And, um, and so it, there was, you know, always, I mean, my mantra is you can't force anybody to heal. And there are some people in this lifetime that never will choose a healing path that will never choose their purpose. And that's, I'm okay with that because that's just their, their choice. We have free will, right? No matter what. And, but it's always my hope that especially my children, especially those, the ones that God entrusted me with will eventually choose that healing path. And especially if I'm laying the foundation. And so for her, it was my hope because I know how powerful this work is and how freeing it can be. And, and I know a lot of the trauma that she holds. And so it wasn't until this last week, it was like literally a miraculous moment where she asked me to walk her through the keys. And it was via text. Like I've never done that before. Of course it is. Of course it was. Via text, I'm texting her this work. (laughs) I spend hours upon hours. Are you sobbing? Like, no, I wasn't. I think I was in like, um, I don't know. It was just this like surreal moment of, I didn't want to even allow my emotion to break it. Right. (laughs) Like I didn't want my emotion to be infused. I was just like, 
praise God. Like she's ready. And just like, I kept it as short and succinct as possible. You didn't want to run her off. I didn't want to run her (laughs) off. I was just like, I gave her less than I normally give clients. Like just like maybe a small, not even a paragraph. I mean, it was enough where it wasn't even extended text. Do this, do this, do this. And then let me know when you're done. And she did this over a two day period and she healed her first wound with this modality that I mean, it was, then I cried. I can cry again. I cried. Oh, I was sharing it with my, my private group in Facebook and, um, just to feel her energetic shift, to feel her change, to feel her reclaim her power back is, um, it's the thing I've, I've hoped for and prayed for. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. It's ever, it's why you do what you do. Oh my goodness. It's beautiful. I'm celebrating with you. Yeah. And so now my younger ones, which is, is so, it's so beautiful. Like I talk to them, you know, talking about the open lines of communication and, and parenting and all of that and the ownership of it. Like that's what healing really does. It allows us to take ownership without um, shame, without blame, without self self deprecation. It allows us to take ownership in our part of the wound and what happened regardless of whether or not, you know, sometimes the, the ownership is just being the victim and saying, I held on to being a victim for so long. I held on to that identity of being a victim. It's I'm taking ownership and reclaiming my power back over that. And, and for me, it's, you know, with, especially with parenting, it's taking ownership of sometimes I haven't completely released the old patterns of, you know, I'll yell or raise my voice or something like that. But I give my girls the autonomy to say, I don't like the way you said that to me. I don't like the way the tone of voice that you used with me. And, and instead of me reacting, I'm like, I'm sorry, I did. Mm -hmm. You're right. And I will try to do better. And taking ownership of that gives them the the space to do the same themselves, to say, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And then I see that reflected in how they treat each other, how they do that with their, their siblings, you know, when they talk meanly and then suddenly they're like, I'm sorry, I said it that way. Right. So it's again, seems small and they're not doing healing work themselves, but in our small changes of just owning, like, I don't want that to be a pattern in our life. I don't want them to be, you know, those yelling kids or reactive children or in turning into those reactive adults or anger or whatever it was that was the pattern in the wound. Like my husband same. He doesn't do this healing work, but he came into our marriage, this very angry, angry, angry man. Like he had so much trauma and wounds and things that had happened to him where anger was his thing. Anger. He was just so angry. And over all of this time in the the self-healing work he's done on his own separately and with other, his men's groups, um, has changed dramatically. I mean, like, I don't even see the guy ever get angry anymore because it's, it's, we've worked so hard to shift all of those unserving patterns so that we don't make imprints on our, on our children going forward. And so that we're truly healing the generation ahead of us before they're even here. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, you're preventing the wounding by creating a space of restoration, just quick forgiveness, quick apology, just every single time. Yeah. We're going to mess up, right? Like we're human all the time, but having that space, that safe space in your home where you can say, I'm sorry and restore, just always restore, 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 always go back to that person. And absolutely. Hmm. That's good. That's really good. Well, 
I guess you're doing a couple different things. I, the post that I particularly loved so much, I think I'm kind of putting together that you really target and feel passionate about women who are in sales themselves and in business. Um, but the work that you do really can be expressed for any woman who may not know yet, or may be serving her purpose in another way in a day job or as a mom or in whatever capacity she's in, or maybe she wants that more and feels that whisper in her heart for something else that isn't stepping in it yet. Yes. I feel yeah. like all of this kind of goes together for her. Totally. Too. Yep. It literally is exactly how you just encapsulated it. Um, core wound healing is that's the modality, right? And for okay. me, I truly believe that God gave this to us so that everyone can heal whatever's holding them back from stepping into their purpose, because we can't fully leap into our purpose when we have all of these. And again, wounds doesn't have to necessarily be like, for me, it was, there were sexual trauma. There were traumas that I experienced, but wounds can also just be limiting beliefs, um, thoughts of unworthiness, thoughts of who am I to be called to do anything that God's asking me to do? Like just those thoughts alone, or even, you know, blocks with money. Like I don't have the money to go start an orphanage in Mexico. Like I desire to, you know, there are just thoughts of that. Like there's no way. And it's really a modality that reconnects us back to God's truth of who he's called and created us to be and releasing all of that shifting planting new seeds of truth and removing all of the lies that we've believed and seeing the new story, seeing the true story that God's given us. So yes, it, it can, anybody can use it. Like I said, men have healed with this modality. I've had couples heal with it. Um, my passion a thousand percent is, is women, because I believe as women, we have, um, there are lineage wounds just in, in the lineage of women in general that have taken place and that God is asking us to heal all of our wounds so that we're healing the wounds of women in general to start rising up because Mm -hmm. there is, um, and it's sales. I think God's literally brought me into like that, into the sales industry and into that, that business aspect, because it is so male driven. It is so masculine energy driven Mm -hmm. and women have assumed because if they want to be successful, they've fallen into like the scripture that ran with me. I mean, it's still a guiding force in my life is do not conform to the ways of the world. And that was, I literally look at everything that I do and I'm like, am I conforming right now to the way, am am I conforming to the ways of the world in my business, in the way I'm showing up in the way I'm reaching out to people, because that's, what's popular right now, or that's what people are doing or, oh, you know, everyone's on TikTok right now, learning these silly dances and pointing at things because that's, what's popular in sales. Like, am I supposed to do that? But that's not what God's calling me to do. Right. Like, am I conforming in every way? in my business, in how I'm reaching people, in my purpose, I measure everything I'm doing up against that. And, and there are women who aren't doing that because they've fallen in to the trap of, I have to align with this like hustle mentality, do more work faster, work harder. Like I'm not doing enough And if I don't, I'm not going to get that. I need to make this much money. I need to reach this level of success. I need to earn this advancement. I need to earn this vacation or earn whatever it is, or it's always, it's this constant race to get to the thing. And the thing is what they're actually trying to get to, to fill the void. 
because the thing that, that, that prize, whatever it is for some women, again, yeah. it's the promotion, it's the title for some women, it's, um, you know, being, having the, the title of I'm the president of the company or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, or having that special parking spot and <laughs> the space, or, you know, for some women in sales, it's, you know, that they have so many women on their team, like whatever it is that they're reaching for, that they have, um, conformed to the ways of the world, instead of allowing God to say, I actually have you here for a reason not to chase that thing. And I'm actually the answer that's going to fill the void and the void that you're feeling is from a wound. There's a wounded space. So they're either chasing recognition or they're chasing money. Whatever it is that they're chasing is their biggest wound. Like that's the big wound that they Mm -hmm. need to heal in order to, to see everything more clearly so that they're not chasing the thing anymore, but they're actually in pursuit of their purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And working from a place, not of striving, but of, of peace and confidence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you're, um, the post that I love so much was just talking about on how women can slather on positive words to each other. Just, Oh, you're so great. Get it girl. Just do the thing. Yeah. What we say all these things. Right. Okay. And, um, I just loved and just really chewed on how you just talked about, but how, how do we do that? Because I feel like that's this missing piece that we get up and we, or we sit in our car and we're about to walk into this social event and we make sure, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be sweet. I'm going to be polite. And I'm going to talk to this person and I'm not going to, I'm going to fix my face. Right. Like, okay, but how, like, why do I have to muster that up? Why can't it just be this flow of, of really who I truly am? And I love that. Is that how kind of also related to the core wound healing? It is. It is because again, no one teaches the how like they will. And I think I truly, this is why God gave it to us. It is the how, and it's probably, I think I may have commented my favorite testimony when I get clients back saying, I can't believe I know how now, um, because it sure it feels good to, you know, have a girlfriend say, girl, I believe in you. You can do this. But if we don't believe that we can do it, we're not going to get very far. Like we might do a little thing, you know, we might, like you said, show up to the event and for five minutes, not be the wallflower and then suddenly shrink back into the shadows again at the event and not make the impact that we, you know, we were supposed to make. And I truly know that every, if we, if every woman could release the it's funny. Cause I taught this last week. Um, God gave me this word and I just show up and whatever message he gives me is what I bring. Yes. So, um, some people call it church, <laughs> okay. bring the like church, church, but it's bring not. it. Yes. So Take us to church I was, today, Monique. I was telling them, um, about how they need to release their inner wonder woman. Like we all have, we were born, we were not born in, in the spirit of fear. We were not called God's not put us create us. We did not come in as an extension of his beautiful, perfect, purposeful light onto this earth right now to be small and meek and shrink and not believe in ourselves and not speak the messages he's giving us and not share the truths that we know and not empower other women to step into their power. Like 
we're, we're playing so small because we're actually wearing a costume that the world has told us we need to wear to be a certain way or don't show up a certain way. Or if you're too big, then that might hurt someone else's feelings. Or if you do this, that, or the other, there's always something, the reason why, but how do we get free to take that costume off and actually step into the inner wonder woman? And the vision that God gave me was, um, you know, those who are, old enough to remember like the original, like wonder woman cartoon, like from the eighties. And she would, she's dressed up as, um, her, she hid her inner wonder woman. Wonder woman is who she really is. She walked the earth as Diana Prince and she wore this business outfit late years. She's this businesswoman, and she was, you know, great at what she did. People liked her, but that's not who she really was. Who she really was is this powerful woman underneath that could help others, that could save others, that that's, that's the power that God gave us inside of us. Like that's who we really are is this inner wonder woman that needs to, if you saw her, she would um, spin around in a circle and then that costume would be gone and wonder woman would pop out, right? Like her, (laughs) her clothes. That's what God's asking us to do. That's who we really are is that inner wonder woman that's filled with his power, not a power of fear. His literal power is what is in this human body skin. Like we are an extension of his ultimate power and we are so powerful. We can do so many things, but we limit ourselves because we wear this costume and we play small and we don't know how to break free of it. And the how is the most important piece. The how is what releases us. And the how is for me and what I teach everybody who's ready and willing is that's where core wound healing comes in. So give us just an example of how that works or what that might look like. Yeah. So it's, it's a six step process and we call them keys because each key unlocks the next door. Um, and unlocks the next step, unlocks the next, um, really ultimately the whole door to abundance. Like that's what we all desire, right? Abundance, not just financial abundance, but abundance of joy, abundance of freedom, abundance of love, abundance of receiving and giving abundance of life, right? Mm -hmm. That freedom comes from actually healing and going through these six steps, these six keys. And so ultimately what it does is, um, helps a woman, or man, or whoever wants to do it, identify the wound, identify what it is, right? Because again, we can't do the how until we know the what. So if you're like, I'm walking into this event, why do I always go to these events? Or why do I, I can't show up on social media. I really want to, I want to say these things, but why can't I? So until we like identify the why or the what, like, what is the thing that's holding us back from that would be like a recurring pattern or emotion that keeps popping up or a trigger. Exactly. Like when this happens, I go crazy. Right. Right. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's identifying the wound, identifying what it is, identifying the pattern, the trigger, whatever. Um, and then from that space, you're going to go back in time and remember ultimately what it, what was the earliest memory of you having that occurrence? Like the earliest time that you can remember that happening first, because you're actually going back to when the pattern started. And sometimes it was again, placed on us. It's something that we learned. It's something that someone taught us, or there was a, there's a very distinct moment in time. And some people always say, I don't remember. I don't know. Um, but we do, and it just takes a little time. And you get there through prayer, (laughs) you know, I mean, asking God to take you back and show you, Yeah. well, you get there through and maybe even layers of surrender. 
surrender because on our own, our human self, the, the one that was hurt, because sometimes it's, you know, you don't want to show up and speak your truth because a parent told you, I mean, seriously, I've heard it all. I've literally heard it all from, you know, old school parents or grandparents saying children are seen and not heard that literally in that moment told that woman that she can't use her voice just like that. That's a wound that needs to be healed. Right. Or to the extent, my own thing was I had a, and it wasn't anything like super crazy, but, um, I had to figure out when I wasn't, I wanted to speak, I wanted to speak on stage and go, you know, go bigger, go public, get this word out. And I was death, uh, totally fearful and I had to go back and figure out why. And it went totally back to, I remember going on stage and feeling this ultimate fear that I would be seen when I went to do a play when I was in like sixth grade or seventh grade or something like that. Right. Like just going back to figure out, like putting the pieces of the puzzle together so that when we, when we get those pieces together, there was an energetic thing that happened. Something happened in our emotional state. And see, this is what people don't realize is the the patterns that they're stuck in or the triggers that keep happening to them or the things that they can't seem to change. Like those, they want to change. They don't want to be these, you know, meek women. They want to use their voice. They want to reach the people. They want their business to grow. They have a message they want to share, but they just can't. It's because in that thing that happened, whatever it was, whether it was a trauma or it was just a thought or something that was placed there, it created an emotion in them. And the emotion is what really has control over them. The emotion is what has the power over them that they can't let go. And so that emotion arises every time they're triggered, every time they try to do the thing, every time that, you know, something happens and the fear pops up, whatever it is, that is the emotion that's stuck there. And so then they start taking action on that emotion or inaction, right? They do or don't do based on the emotion rather than based on the truth. And so in the healing process, we not only know now, oh, this is what it was. Okay. Oh, I went back in time. That's when it started. Okay. Now I'm going to use my voice and shift that emotion. I'm going to change it. I'm going to release it. It's a very emotional releasing process, taking the old energy that's stuck in us and releasing that out in a couple of different ways. And then there's a really pivotal moment where it's interesting because I've had atheists do this, like it's a very, um, this modality brings in everybody. There is no, it's not a religious modality. It's not connected to a, a religion. It's literally bringing people back to God, back to knowing Jesus, back to that ultimate love that we're created. And there's a very specific key in there that, um, brings you pray, you meditate, you come, you, you are literally committing to reconnecting back to God. And that is the, I feel like the breaking point for most, because they, that's what we ultimately desire is to be reconnected back with our creator. Like we want our spirit desires to feel that. And it's the humanness and the world that separates us, that creates that separation. And it's our trauma and our wounds. And so we reconnect back with our creator. The one that said, I, I brought you here with a gift and talent and purpose and message and all of this stuff. And then suddenly there's that, that's when the freedom starts to crack. And then we rewrite the story from God's perspective. So that whole thing that happened, that whole trauma or that whole situation, or that thing that we endured that told us all of these lies that we can't use our voice, or we can't show up big, or we have to play small or whatever it is that the lie is telling you that for your whole life, we see it from God's perspective because we're able to, because that emotion doesn't have a power over us anymore. And so we rewrite the story as a new story. 
And then we ultimately close it out with forgiveness and gratitude, which is the last, the last key. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't have one without the other, you know, there is, there is a lot of surface forgiveness floating around the world. Just like there's a lot of surface empowerment floating around the world. There's surface forgiveness where people say I can forgive, but I can't forget. And you know, that's not true forgiveness. That's not true. You're not truly free from the thing, but when you can find gratitude in the thing that happened, when it's even the worst of the worst of the worst, like I've, we've had people who've healed over rape and like extreme trauma, um, where they can find gratitude in that. And when you can find gratitude, you can truly forgive. And that's truly the God that we come from. That's phenomenal. And so life-giving. I am so in awe of just serving a God who will literally chase after us and pursue us to rewrite that narrative on our heart and replace every single broken thing, every lie with, with what's true, not, not necessarily what's true, like the facts of what happened, but what he says is true and the way that he covers us in perfect love. And that's, that's where the life is. And then when you've experienced that, you have this freedom to step into purpose, right? And I mean, that's that's the ultimate idea is life, abundant life. It is. It's powerful how quick it happens too, because it's suddenly like, I mean, it literally is feeling like these chains are released. I mean, it's a fit. You can physically feel this release come and I mean, it's just, it's beautiful to witness that over and over and over again with these women who, especially there, you know, I come up with a lot of women who are like, I don't have any wounds. (laughs) I don't, I didn't experience trauma. I have no wounds. I'm like, oh, so you're, you're like Jesus and perfect. I didn't know that even Jesus had wounds. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, just to see that even from that perspective, you know, I've seen it on both both ends of the spectrum of like women who've experienced extreme trauma and then women who are think they have no wounds and see what these wounds are and for them to experience this and release and then like literally catapult in themselves into their purpose and into pursuit that gives me life because that's I'm able to serve my purpose that's right that's right well and you're not holding anything back and it is dynamic so Thank you for all of your work. Thank you for being brave and genuinely for blazing the trail to use your words um, for other women, for their healing and for their life. And we all need you. So thank you. My, it's my truly my humble honor. So I'm grateful. Thank you. Um, You had talked about the gift that you wanted to give listeners. And I want to hear about that and then tell us where we can find more about you. I would love if anybody listening to this, if there's any woman who feels called to just start digging in, like, okay, I know that there's, I have something like there's this fear, there's something holding me back. Um, I have a free, free journal. I would love to gift you. So, um, Riley can, I'm sure you'll pop a link in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know how to do that. Print it out. And it's called the root of the fear, because when we get to the root of what it is, that's holding us back, then we can ultimately allow God to, um, make the change in our life to release it so that we can move forward the way that we know that he's calling us to without fear, um, and without judgment or worry or doubt or any of that good stuff that comes along with it. So it is, um, very like 
a surface level, if you're ready to just take a dive in just a little bit, you're like, I'm not ready to do a full core wound healing on this. Like that sounds scary to me too. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to let go of all this, but this will give you a good taste. It's literally a surface level of core wound healing. Um, and will complete everybody who's done it has experienced radical shifts. If you do the work, you see the shift. If you do the work, you see the change. So if you actually download this journal, I would love, love, love everyone who listens to this to download it, do the work and then get back to Riley and tell her what happened. Like tell her what shifts you've experienced because mm-hmm. her bringing this to you and allowing her to, to give you this gift, um, allowing me to bring it, um, what you're doing Riley is, um, phenomenal. And I'm grateful for you even just allowing them to experience this on just this level. I, I'm grateful. So thank you. So exciting. I'm honored and humbled that I get to do this. It's the most life-giving thing. It's so good. (laughs) I've walked a journey of healing over the past couple of years and God really, um, literally had me get in my car and take a journey back in time through my life. And in each spot he used different things to just change the narrative of my heart. And it there is nothing like it because when your identity is given, um, not based on fact or regret or shame, but based on who God says you are, you are unstoppable. And absolutely, that's where the life is. Where can we find you? <laughs> um, you can find me at, there's a couple different ways. So if you are a woman who's in sales, um, in any capacity in business and sales, you're looking to do it in a more purposeful way. I'd love for you to join. You can go, just go to femlm.com. I have a free group on Facebook where I serve those women. And again, a, a lot of them are in the network marketing and direct sales industry, but there are real estate agents in there. There are entrepreneurs, there are coaches, there are other business owners, because again, this work serves everyone. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to, again, shift your business, um, get out of any kind of fear, and bring, bring your work to, to the women you're called to serve in a more purposeful right. way. That's the space to do it. Um, anybody else who's like, I'm just curious about core wound healing, or maybe there's a man or you have a husband or something, anybody else. Like if you're like, I'm not into sales, I'm just a mom at home. You're not just a mom at home, but if you desire to heal, <laughs> um, you can go to the selfhealersacademy.com and actually watch a video that I have on there that talks more about core wound healing and what it is. And every month we run healing groups. So I have in uh, virtual healing group sessions that um, if you felt called to do core wound healing, it is, there is nothing like doing this work with another group of women who are healing together at the same time. Mm-hmm. It is powerful. I mean, like powerful to the point of um, it becomes like the best addiction <laughs> because it's, you know, you're, you're releasing something that's holding you back, but you can't wait for the next one. You can't wait to be with these women again and together working together. It's like a sisterhood circle of healing and it's just beautiful to see what, what transpires. So we do that every month. If you're called to do that as well. Mm, That sounds enticing. Maybe I'll try it. (laughs) (laughs) I invite you. We start in a couple of weeks. It's my gift to you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for, for being here. We celebrate you big time today. Thank you. I love you. I'm grateful.